0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to season three of the Let God podcast. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Wanipa. Me, Mary Hannah. And me, Iron Fair. It feels so good to be back. It sure does. It feels good. <laughs> Um, Yeah, we're obviously happy to be here with you guys again. It feels like we've been off forever, but we're back. We are better. And this season, we're trying to go deeper into topics. We're trying Mm -hmm. to really unpack the word like we haven't unpacked it before. And we hope that this season is going to be a blessing to you guys. Um, If you're new, thanks for joining us for the first time and if you're not new thank you for supporting us again in our third season um so this week and actually for a few episodes this season we're going to be really discussing kind of women feminism patriarchy and the bible and stuff because we tend to get a lot of questions from especially young women being like you know how do we how does one how can i so we just thought we'd we'd get into some of that stuff Mm. so our first episode is just really going to be about feminism patriarchy and the bible kind of generally but in the following weeks we'll be going deeper into more specific topics um but as always before we begin we're gonna open with a word of prayer
1: dear lord we thank you for bring us to the third season of our podcast. We thank you for those who are listening. We thank you for this life in general. Father Lord, we pray that as we discuss um, feminism and your word, Father Lord, you pray that you help us with the interpretation and mm-hmm. that we wouldn't say anything that you wouldn't want us to say. Mm-hmm. Lord, we pray that you continue to open our eyes and your Holy Spirit will also teach us that will grow each and every day in the love for you and in our relationships with you. In my name, Jesus have prayed. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Um, so, guys, before we get into the juice, the real tea today, um, as our little icebreaker thing, what has been making you happy in this year so far? If anything, we hope so. We hope anything's been making you happy. What is it?
2: Mm. What's been making me happy?
0: For me personally. I'm a foodie.
2: Mm. My life revolves Mm. around food. (laughs) (laughs) My life revolves around food. Like, that's just, it is what it is. And so, I sort of exhausted all of my Uber Eats vouchers, all my family stuff. Like, all of that. Everybody's phone number, email's been used up. But there's a new thing here called DoorDash. And DoorDash is basically a delivery. And -hmm. the thing with DoorDash is, like, you can either order on DoorDash to pick up or order to have it delivered. And so what I do is I use the voucher coupon and then go pick it up so I can get free delivery too. And I just get like $10 off all my maids. Yes. I get chicken and chips. I go get me some Mm. Wendy's. I mean, like, it's just the little things in life, you know? Because sometimes it's just too much. (laughs) So it's little things in life.
0: That's what makes me happy. You know what I miss from America is Popeyes. I actually don't like Popeyes. Chicken sandwich.
2: I found it so dry, but
0: maybe that's just it was, me. It was the chicken sandwich for me. There was something about the meat I found extremely succulent, <laughs> but maybe it was the Chicago Popeyes. Maybe, maybe it, it was. ketchup. So ketchup. I've never had it in Atlanta. I had it in Maryland, so oh, I have okay. no idea. Okay. Yeah. I'll take you to Chicago. Yes, sir. <laughs> How about you? Ooh, what am I loving?
1: I know. I don't really like in laughter. Mm. Oh. Uh, my my siblings are all gone, so I'm like alone with my parents. Sure. But um <laughs> Um But they make me but we'll just be laughing like for hours. Oh. And my dad's oh. just doing story times every day. But yeah. That's also exercise. I'm doing like the insanity workout oh, right wow. now. Yeah. It's hard but then wow. you know like while you're doing it, you're like, I hate this. Before doing it, I hate this. And then after, I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of myself. Because oh, you can feel
0: It's yourself the endorphins. That's okay. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's I so love cute. that. What about you, Manipa? Well, two things <laughs> that kind of go in oh, now. See, the girls are already tired of me. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> near the start of this year, I watched the new edition story on BET. And since then, I've been Obsessed with new edition Bobby Brown, like New Jack Swing in general. So I've literally been just watching videos, wikipedia it, like for the past twenty four days, literally. And also, um, I've been working out or whatever. And like recently, my workouts have been learning the dance routines to the music videos, and they are high energy, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. So that's me right now. My little Bobby Brown crush. You that know? is so cute. I, I need wish. to get like y'all from 1991 only. That's you where the crush
1: on the past version <laughs> <the self laughs> of someone.
0: <laughs> this happens to me frequently. This is me with Morris Chestnut too. I'm just like, ugh, 2001. <laughs> <2001." laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> Anyways, that was nice. That was that fun. was lovely. <laughs> So now on to the main topic for today.
2: So guys, as Vanipa um, introduced this episode, we're going to be talking about women and patriarchy and feminism and the whole whole shebang and giving a sort of brief overview of it. But I think it's really important that we start off with some definitions um, before mm. we offer our opinions. So I've got the definition of patriarchy written down here. I got it from Cambridge, mm. dictionary, repping until I the right graduate. One. Her. Yes, per per <laughs> she is not one of them um a, soci- a patriarchy is a society in which the oldest male is a leader of the family or a society controlled by by men in which they use their power to their own advantage and i don't know who's got the definition of feminism that they'd like to share
0: um um i can read the definition of feminism mm-hmm. from the Cambridge Dictionary also, so we keep it consistent. <laughs> we keep it high quality. <laughs> Feminism is the belief that women should be allowed the same rights, power, and opportunities as men and be treated in the same way or the or the set of activities intended to achieve this state. Yeah.
2: Cool. So based on the definitions that we've heard, do y'all think bi- patriarchy is biblical? Well, I mean, two things. Do you think patriarchy is a biblical concept? Um, and do you think it's biblical? Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's like, where do we begin? No, for real. Where do we begin? I feel like we should be begin in the beginning don't you (laughs) i feel like that's always the the best place to start because i feel like it's not one of those where i can just answer and then give my reasons it's like i'm exploring the reasons and the logic as i'm doing this episode right now Mm -hmm. so i feel Mm -hmm. like genesis is a good place to start with obviously the creation um does anyone want to kick that off yeah sure
2: or did you want to start So if I read from
1: Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: A thing that in that verse that points out to me is when God says them, mm. so them is, it says, um male and female, he created them. And obviously he's talking about them being made in the image of God. But more importantly, said um, at the start of 28 it says and he said to them be fruitful multiply and all of that stuff Mm. have dominion over everything on earth and all of creation Mm. and it's important that it says to both of them have dominion over like the creation it didn't say men have dominion over females it said (laughs) men and women have dominion over the The creation
0: oh birds. oh wow (laughs) Over the beasts. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That was a serious word. To it really off. was. It truly was. I also <laughs> do want to preface this because I do feel like a lot of times when I have these discussions with people, they feel like I have a certain worldview already. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to twist scripture to... Um, fit my Mm -hmm. worldview that is far from the case in with like throughout my faith journey there have been many areas where I've been challenged I've had to look at myself in the mirror and say well damn I need to change that and for me this issue is no different it's not like we're gonna try to just bend everything to fit what we think is right but Mm. from our understanding of who God is and who we are to him that's always a lens with which we read the Bible so anything that we say just remember that
2: Mm. Mm, I think that's such an important caveat as well, because it's easy to get into, like, um, say that you're reading. It, it's natural to read um, scripture through the lens through which you see life as well. But mm-hmm. dually, it's like, as you said, if you know who God is, like his essential being, like even his character. And we if we look at the scriptures and try to distill scripture from human civilization or how or how culture has been crafted. I think that is so important in seeing God's heart. And we'll talk about that throughout the entirety of the season because there are so many biblical passages that we'll end up looking at. But at least for Mm. me personally, especially this year, I'm trying to read scripture less about what I can learn about my life through the human civilization that God has decided to work through Mm. and more about what Mm -hmm. I can learn about God's essential being. Because at 1300 BC, there were African civilizations and there were um, Native American civilizations. Sorry, this is a tangent. And there were Asian civilizations and the Bible doesn't track that. That doesn't mean right. that those civilizations are any less were valuable. Irrelevant. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Or that mm-hmm. God's character was not any more potent in and through them or would not have been applied to them in a similar way. It's that the, the, mm-hmm. the Israelites are the people that God chose to track. So that mean, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the above basically reproach or that they're infallible right. and i think that's the beauty of scripture but anyway we'll talk right. about that more
0: yeah i do also just want to piggyback off that point as well like one thing i started doing recently that's been very helpful is like every day when i go to read the bible and like make my little notes i always write the chapter that i'm reading and then i put who is god so like all my annotations and like the stuff that i'm picking out is solely focused on that because i feel like once you really get an understanding of who he is all the other stuff makes sense but if you're trying to understand what does this mean for me all the time you kind of have that narrow self-centered and also 21st century york right me right mm. here right now focus mm. you know so yeah, 100%. yeah ciao anyways we tangented but i feel like that was a necessary tangent. <laughs> I think like another reason that Genesis one twenty seven is important is because it says, you know, God made mankind in his own image, male and female, he created them. Because one argument that I've heard thrown around, which I really dislike and also do not believe is true, is people saying, you know, God was made in the image of, no, man was made in the image of God, sorry, and the woman was made in the image of the man.
2: Mm-hmm. And...
0: Firstly, like, the verse clearly says, you know, male and female, he created them in his own image. But also, if we look into, like, the original text, until Eve is created, the word for man used is Adam. And then, like, Eve is created, then we have a distinction between the biological genders, male and female. So initially, the word Adam just means, like, humankind or, like, you know, from the earth or whatever. And then once Eve is created, the word for man changes to ish. And the word for woman changes to Isha. So like before there's male and female created, the human being that is there is just generic. And then when Eve is made from the human being's side, then we have a man and a woman, mm. you know? So I feel like this mm. whole thing of like the hierarchy, oh, because the man came first, mm. there was a generic human being who God made into two compatible you know, partners or whatever. Mm. And um, even if we do kind of think, oh, okay, the original human being stayed as Adam, which is the man. So technically he did come first. Something I said in an episode a while ago, I can't even remember which, is that like Eve was taken from Adam's side Mm. and from his rib. And I think that's so important because it shows that, you know, she wasn't meant to be trampled underfoot. She wasn't meant to have demean over him. She was meant to be by his side, an equal partner, like a helpmate as the Bible says. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
2: I think just going off of what uh Wanipa has said, and I guys, one thing I would really encourage all our listeners to do is to download the app Blue Letter Bible. It's the best app. Mm. You can literally click on any verse in the scripture. You can get the Greek, you can get the Hebrew what it means. It's super yeah. easy to work through. So you can literally verify all that Wanipa is saying because just as going back to what she said super briefly, Adam, Adam, however it's pronounced, literally means red. Like, earth. It, that's what it literally means. And as she said, he doesn't become male. It doesn't become male and female as we understand the biological sexes until they're both there. But going on, I guess, into our conversation. With that being said, I personally don't think... I'm looking down at my notes, and I've written, like... I personally don't think patriarchy is a biblical concept based off of the definition that's given and the scripture that's been provided. Um, And I think when we think about that definition of patriarchy that says... Um, men, a society controlled by men in which they use their power to their own advantage I think even that should be the number one I guess, red flag red flag, yeah, because the scriptures never say that uh, Adam have dominion over the earth it says male and female have dominion so any idea of that one part of what God made to be a dual nature having dominion over another is very contrary to the very things that God has said and I think, so for me when we jump to, like, Genesis 3, when we read about when the fall happens and Satan and Eve and all that whole drama and palaver about the fall, um, it's Genesis 3.16 that it is when, is is the verse that I think, I guess, people, the patriarchy is birthed out of in terms of how people read it or understand it. And I've done a bit of, well, quite a bit of reading about this verse. Genesis 3.16 says, this is God speaking to Eve. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and shed.'" Ch- in childbearing, in pain, you shall bring forth children. Your, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, be he shall rule over you. Now I'm reading the ESV version. And this version, this translation is very, I guess, apt in conveying the Greek or the Hebrew, the original language into the English, because they do it quite literally instead of like trying to make it all flowery, which is cool when you're doing studies like this. Um, and there's a bit of tension between the word contrary to, because in some, in the Hebrew, it means contrary to but it can also mean like towards so it's like people are not not quite sure exactly what that means um but i think the most important thing to pull out of that specific scripture is people read that as a curse and i don't think we should read that as a curse i think we should read that as a statement i mean that depends on how you understand god's speech the scripture does say that everything the lord says will not return void when we look at the previous verses that said that say that god gives a specific quote unquote curse it says God said to the serpent, uh, "To the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock." That is a clear curse. Um, mm. To Adam, he says, "Cursed is the ground because cursed of you." Is the ground. I think God has got enough to have been explicit if He wanted that to be a curse, if He wanted that to be understood as a curse and not as simply a statement which came as a consequence to the fall. If you're understanding what I mean, mm. and based on that mm. line of inquiry, I think then even if we were even if we were to go with the thought that God. Gave patriarchy this sort of patriarchy that we're understanding is a post fall is a consequence of sin so if our lives in christ are meant to restore us to a full life without sin oh. why would i be aspiring to something that came as a consequence to when sin entered oh. the world
0: well well
2: that's that's <laughs> my question like regardless of how you look at I it i feel like we just need to let that one marinate. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I why I, are you aspiring? I, why would I aspire to a post sin world? Mm. When can mm. I have it, When I can have a pre one, a pre sin? When when we like when that could be a possibility? Of course, we are. It, it is in our human nature to sin. But if, regardless of how you read the Genesis three sixteen passage, if it is a curse, if it is just a statement, if what, whatever the Lord says doesn't return void, regardless of all of that, that's consequent to sin. So if there was a world that we can have access to that was pre-sin, why are we not aspiring to that level of relationship and that verbal of social construction, I guess. That that's just my opinion. It it that's just me.
1: <laughs> what I find very funny is that even post sin when like with the whole thing of people being in charge per se like even when the Israelites said they wanted a king, mm. God didn't want Ooh, them to have a king. Lord.
0: Oh, he, Well he,
1: He wanted to be the one in charge. Mm. So even the whole concept of leadership in that sense where it's up to a few people, just up to one person, that wasn't God's plan for the Israelites. And they asked for it. Mm. And obviously you saw what happened with all their kings doing madness. but
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. And I I think another thing that that people kind of... um, use as kind of either justification for patriarchy that type of thing is the kind of lack of women throughout the bible like there's not that many women in the bible mm. like there's not that many names and the only one y'all want to focus on is jezebel even though she just had her one moment in the sun um, or the proverbs 31 oh, woman. oh the, the proverbs 31 woman <laughs> Please, we've had enough oh, we, we, we've we heard her we've read her we we've heard her we've seen okay we've seen we get it <laughs> We want to be righteous. Um, But the thing is, I just feel like we have to remember, and I want to be very careful with how I say this, because obviously we know that the Bible is God-breathed. It is, you know, the inspired word of God. But it did come through a human pen Mm -hmm. in a specific culture at a specific time. At the times the Bible was being written, women weren't really a big thing and like a big feature in society so obviously like the narratives like the things we hear the stories that we hear are not going to be predominantly focused on people who aren't a predominant feature of day-to-day life yeah like you know what I mean so I think Mm -hmm. just simply taking the fact that there aren't many women in the bible to show that oh women weren't fit for leadership or women weren't fit to be in in service to god or whatever whatever like i just think that's plainly untrue
2: Mm. Mm. this reminds me of a a dm we got like a couple of weeks ago um hey girl if you're listening i've forgotten her name but she sent us a super super like intellectual question about if god is like a moral arbiter or if god is a constant then regardless of context why has an equality always looked the same and I really milled about milled on that and actually spoke to my parents about that and my dad gave a really cool analogy but at least it was really illuminating for me and he was like if we look at a source of light for example um and you put it in front of a glass prism that is shaped like a rectangle the way in which light will be refra- refracted through that rectangle is going to look different to if it was a cylinder, to if it was a pyramid, to if it is a quadrangle. Mm. I don't even know my shape, so I'm, I might have a done mouse or anything. A sphere. A jungle. What is that? <laughs> that's, not even a, that's not even a shape. That's not even a shape. Anyway, um, swiftly moving along. But so that is how I understand God and I guess woman and how he works through society. Because unfortunately, all the way that we see it, women do not have authorial power in scripture. But I don't think that that, is any less diminishing of God's heart towards women. And I think even as we'll go on to explore, even in Genesis, like the way in which God advocates for Sarah, when her husband essentially discards her because he's afraid of his own life and doesn't want Pharaoh to come to his neck. Oh, he's my sister. The way that that he discards her, God literally (laughs) advocates for her. The way that we see Isaac and when Rebecca's pregnant with um, what's their name? Es- Esau and Jacob, and she feels something going on in her womb, and it says that she goes to inquire of her own accord. speaks to, to her. her. So well. we see a clear pattern mm. of God, not regardless of how it's been documented through people who have experiences of God. I think it's so mm. important to recognize that God's heart doesn't say the same. He moves through different, through different civilizations and do different societies, and those societies, as we are, as we see do not always look the same. So I think in general, for me, rejecting patriarchy as a biblical idea or ideal is necessary because it just doesn't illuminate God's true heart. And I think because it doesn't illuminate God's God's true heart, it has very dangerous repercussions like female genital mutilation and domestic violence and stuff like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's more than just like a, oh, but I want to be an equal. Oh, but women should preach in church. It's literally like people's lives are on the line.
0: Right, right.
2: So- that's exactly. just,
0: that's me. Exactly. And I think I really like that analogy that your um dad gave shout out to Leke about um just like, you know, <laughs> it's the same light source, but reflected differently in, in different shapes and stuff. And I just think that you also have to remember, like, no society is perfect and no person is perfect either. But God doesn't require perfection in order to speak to and through people. So it's very possible and in fact did happen that you know god spoke to people living in a very patriarchal society people with those views to convey you know their understanding of his spirit Mm -hmm. and of his character and that type of thing um so yeah
2: yeah i agree okay guys so like based off of that conversation about patriarchy what then do you understand feminism to be as bible believing babes what would you understand?
0: <laughs> what, I like that little BBB. Beep, beep,
2: beep. I love your little bit of alliteration,
0: <laughs> I can't lie. What do you, what do you, what do you, how do you view about uh, feminism as Bible believing babes? Well, I just have to start off with what it is not. Because, like, literally, I feel like sometimes I'm running into a war whenever I try to have discussions about feminism with people because they the word feminism already in their minds is, like, tainted or something about, like, women hating men or about, like, women wanting to, like, oppress men and that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> even the notion. Even the notion. That... Even, imagine that. And I just think... I mean, what that really shows is just that, like, let me not even say what it shows in the people <laughs> who think that. Um, I'm not trying to start no fights. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that feminism is about, like, it sounds so cliche, it's about equality, but it really is about, you know, having the same access and opportunities to spaces, cool. being heard in the same way, mm-hmm. being trusted in the same way, that type of thing, not being diminished, not feeling like you have to shrink yourself to mm. suit anyone else's ideals. Yeah. Just being able to do any and everything that you could do. Mm,
2: I agree. Yeah. Mm. What do you, you think I am for? I see
1: it just the advocating for social, political, economic equality mm. and yeah, for both sexes.
2: Mm. Period. Yeah. I agree. Um, I feel like when I think about feminism as well as Munipa sort of illuminated it, it, it people had this like adverse reaction to it, I guess because they're only exposed to the extremes in I guess in a social space. But when I think of feminism, this is like a title I've come up with, so I don't know if it really exists. But like feminism, the way I see it, is value based. as Ian um, fair said, it's, it is about a woman, but also about a man. And I think that's where mm-hmm. it goes back to the scripture. When I think about my feminism or how feminism functions in my life, it it's more like I implore you to value me as a human before you desire or see or treat me as a woman. And I think that's where we get, mm. things, we get things wrong. And not even just for women. I mean, we may touch on this in future, but I mean, for marginalized groups in general, whether they're brown, black, queer, whatever it may be, not seeing those people for this identity that... Identity, true. Yeah, mm. but as human that is valued, like made in the image of God. So that is inherent value Mm -hmm. that comes not because you are biologically this or that, or any of these, I guess, consequent identities that we take on because we live in a globalized society, but value me for human, value me as a human. And within that, allow me as a woman to have the space to exercise my autonomy within scriptural um, parameters. And I think just in general, that Mm. means, like, allowing women to foster relationships and connections and pursue their God-given purposes, hopes, and dreams formed out of a mutual respect for each other's humanity. That's how I see it. Like, Mm. I don't know. I just feel like, because all the lofty intellectual stuff about feminism is cool and everything, but that's not helping the everyday babe. <laughs> that's not really helping the everyday girl. Firstly, I don't like to
0: read, so
1: <laughs> you just be saying <laughs> words. literally
0: just say words. We <laughs> don't I care. Like uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> yes, like absolutely. literally value us. No, I feel like that's so um true, and like I feel like, especially like looking at things biblically. I feel like that was God's true intention or that is God's true intention for us. Because, you know, I'm looking for the verse, child. I can't remember if it's Ephesians now, Ephesians or Galatians, but, you know, there is neither it's Galatians. male or female. Galatians. You I think know, it might be 328. Neither... I was thinking 318, but I think you're right.
2: Yeah, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. There's so much to even unpack right. in there. Because can I just There's say... There's so much to even.
0: Mm.
2: Like, you, I feel like not not everybody needs to be a biblical scholar. That's just not something that everybody could can attain to. Period. But when you know the social context through which people I was write just about so you know when like for, for, let's just put the feminism and everything to the side did you know that at the point of paul's writing this one third of the Romans, um, of roman society were slaves one third so when he's saying there is neither slave nor free
0: this wasn't just some the f- significance of, of that. that can we just okay sorry this is going a bit wider but even just in general like even like A lot of the stuff Paul says, like, we read it now and we're like, oh, okay. But, like, deeping how revolutionary it was at the time, like, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 11.11 or 11.12 or 3.11. Girl, I should really look up my scriptures before I start saying them. Anyways, (laughs) he says, you know, like, man is not independent of woman, nor is woman of man. For as woman came from man, so man came from woman and everything came from God. Like, do you know how, like major it was for Paul to say that at the time to say that man came from woman and that neither are independent of each other because in that time like women were literally possessions Mm. of men imagine someone Mm. saying to you you're not independent of your dog your dog owns you (laughs) as much as you own your dog like that's like your house owns you as much as you own your house. Like that's how deep it was. Mm-hmm. But like also what I was gonna um say to the Galatians three twenty eight passage is again a thing about context and it's like the Jews that Paul is speaking to in this passage, literally like okay so in the old testament they'd been in and out of slavery and stuff obeying disobeying going back into slavery whatnot whatnot by the time like this old testament ends and we're between the new testament they got to a period where they kind of realized look the only way to keep ourselves out of slavery is actually by obeying god and not doing this whole idol worship kind of stuff <laughs> but they kind of went a bit like ott with it and they started you know following stuff literally like to the letter and like adding additional stuff that wasn't required like more ceremonial stuff because for them it was like let's just like the law is gonna save us you know it's no longer about even knowing god it was just about the law and so to them it was something that they like inherited it was something that made them better than other people Mm -hmm. like the there's um they used to pray like, oh, I thank God that I was born a Jew, not a Gentile, that I was born a man, not a woman. Mm. Like that, <laughs> That's that's the level it had got to. So for them to have all this pride, like this is the context Paul is speaking into. Mm. Like they literally thought their inherent characteristics made them better than other people. Mm. And this is how mm-hmm. Paul had to intervene and say, no, like this is not the way. Like it was never intended to be this way, but especially now under Christ, it doesn't matter that you were born a man and not a woman mm. because you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I think realizing that that's the heart that God has for his people, that he would send someone in to subvert the culture so much because he could have just been like, look, these people are actively not seeing every day. Let me just leave them. Like, you know, they're following all their rules to mm. the book, <laughs> doing the commandments, how I said, washing their hands like they should. Let me just leave them. But he said, no, I have to come and make it known, mm. you know, that mm. this ain't right. Mm.
1: And it's interesting because like when we look at, if we look at feminism from like just equality, why is there a pushback? Like why does there have to be hierarchy and everything? And I think we mentioned it. People like having people below them Mm. just in every aspect of life. Mm. We know that human beings are um, just selfish Mm. people, but, is that what we should be striving oh. for? And he's even crazy because we can think, oh, it's in the Roman ages, it's like times in the Bible. But I remember Sadie Robertson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was doing a sermon and this was like a youth program. It was a really good sermon. And I went to the comments and people were like, yeah, great sermon, but I don't know why a woman's on stage. Huh? Like, in <laughs> two- it was 2018, I think. I was okay. like, is this real life? like people who are touching lives Joyce May oh. so you're not going to read her mm. book
2: I think it's very insulting I think it's it's very insulting to God more than it is to women because I think to say that there are only some that God can only do something through a specific type of person based solely on sexual factors is insulting I think imagine
0: imagine God who made every single thing God who created every single snowflake that has ever fallen individually, you think he can only work through 50% of the world's population. (laughs) How insulting. Like, literally, how insulting insulting. to the Holy Spirit that is as well. And do you know what? You know what? I'm going to take it there. I'm going to take it there since we're talking about women preaching. Let's talk about the fact that I'm going to say 70%. I forgot the statistics. 70% of church populations are women. Oh, so you you just want us to sit in the congregation idly while the thirty percent take the stage? When we're paying tithes and <laughs> offerings, we're keeping the aircon and the heating on in this building.
2: I think there's also something that should be said about, and this is not about men. I'm saying men
0: as a generic term,
2: but about I guess mankind as to how we think that our only ex- that our personal experience is a universal one. That line of thinking has caused a most of the societal ills that we see today that your mm-hmm. your experience is the only universal one and therefore anything else is not really necessary as you have experienced all that there is to experience and you know all that there is to know mm. even when we go back to scripture i've just been reading job which i found was really really interesting and i just finished reading job and at the end in job 42 god tells job's Bros who really want his bros at all because they were not very encouraging in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and what is it? Eliphaz, Bildad, and as it's Zophar. What is coming to you is coming to you. In the gutter. <laughs> in the gutter. <laughs> no, really, because they were not encouraging at all. And God tells them to go and repent. And I was reading mm-hmm. commentaries because I didn't understand why. um they had, God had told them to repent, and the people who the commentaries that I read, I read a few, said that um, these three men's repentance was based on the fact that they thought that they all that they had seen of God was all that He could ever be, and I think that is so so important. Regardless of we're talking about women and feminism and things like that, but just as believers as Christians, I think it's so important to recognize that all of, that you have experienced of God is not all that God can be because God. God's characters are God's characteristics and the the essence of his being are not limited to what we understand those words to mean. So for example, right. if we say God is just or God is justice or God is a God of freedom, right? Mm. God is a God of freedom, period. Freedom to us means not being subordinated ever, having the ability to do, act, think of your own will and of your own accord. Cool. I don't dispute that. But was God not a God of justice when he told Hagar to return to Sarah and be her maidservant? But is that not still the same God who inspired the civil rights movement through actors like MLK and Fannie Lou Hamer? So I think we need to remember that God Mm -hmm. is like God, who God is, is not limited to what we understand those things to be. Mm. So to say that you like to read, we're gonna go into women church in a couple episodes, like because obviously we've spoken about Paul and it's Paul who's the one who essentially just like women should not ever speak or open their mouth in church. You sit down there.
0: <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> we're also gonna talk about how he was a little confused at times. He was yeah, saying that
1: he was a bit
2: sad, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but apparently he enjoyed it.
2: He <laughs> <Keep> went on very <laughs> wicked. You guys are actually so funny. No, but really, like we just have to understand that like, that's that's not all that God is. I was speaking. To, sorry, mm-hmm. I was speaking to a friend about this as well, and it's just like the Bible is God's inspired word, but the Bible is not all God has to say. And I don't mean that to be blasphemous mm-hmm. at all. Oh. I don't mean that God mm-hmm. contradicts himself. But I mean that Bible is God's word, as in it's God-inspired, and it's it's, it's experiences of people receiving revelation and documenting them. But the beauty about the Bible is that it keeps on speaking, because God did not speak once, and then that's it. It's a living document. It's a living word. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be Mm -hmm. so weary of being like, well, this is what I think. This is what the scripture said once. And God, this is the only way God can work. Because as scripture shows us, Mm -hmm. God is the same, but the way he works in his sameness is different.
0: Ciao. that was a serious word
2: if you didn't think we were gonna go crazy this this season
0: now you know (laughs) we're going dummy (laughs) no honestly i feel like there was just so much going on in my head that my thoughts have been somewhat sporadic but you know what that's okay that is okay sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need to be sporadic and worm vomit worm vomit word vomit (laughs) what it is that you thank you um
1: and to be honest like if that was the only message from this whole episode, I think it's important to note that God is more than he's shown himself as to you or what you want him to be. You want him to be a provider he's that he can be that, but he's so much more mm. he can be he can be a comforter when people don't have enough
2: mm. exactly wow
1: so so if you're just trying to tap into one aspect one of him, you're yeah. missing so much
2: yeah, right. so true. you're limiting him. oh, I've got a question maybe or oh, unless you guys had anything mm-hmm. to add so I guess in conclusion if you were to offer like one word of advice to men women whoever is listening to this podcast regardless of where they sit on a religious spectrum and even in terms of their understandings of sex and gender um what's one thing that you would implore them to do or reconsider when it comes to how they view women in the well women I guess in society in general especially as like as young black women like what's one thing you wish people understood and could really grasp
0: I think um I would have to like go back to something you said earlier MH just about seeing me and valuing me as a person and like Mm -hmm. for Christian especially and I'm gonna say Christian men like I don't want to generalize and I know that this topic isn't all about you know men whatever but like as Christian men like you should be seeing me first and foremost as a child of God and Mm. everything that you do after that, your behavior towards me should reflect that. Mm. And I think if there's anything in the way that you act towards women or towards any other marginalized group in society that you think, hang on, this isn't how I would treat my brother or sister in Christ. This isn't how I would like to be treated as a brother or sister in Christ. Then maybe you need to do some reflection.
1: Um yeah, I very very much agree. Should see us as children of God, not WOGs
0: Mm. or um. Oh. (laughs) Please can we retire that term?
1: No. Women (sighs) of God (laughs) We already know what gender we are.
2: (laughs) WOGS. No, I agree. But more than
1: that, like if we if Jesus is meant to be our number one example in this life and he is like Jesus led everything he did with love, mm. whether it was sinners, whether it was women, men, people who were disabled, mm. even people that were following the Lord to a, the T. No matter what, where you are in life, he led with love. And that's how we should be in all areas of our lives. And I think acting in love and kindness, like everything else just flows, flows from, from that. Yeah.
2: I agree. Yeah, guys. Well, that is the first episode. Oh, you don't have any thoughts for the? I feel like I've said all my thoughts. You already know what it is. I said, (laughs) value me as woman before you desire me, treat me, try to organize me. Value me as human. Excuse me before you try to desire, (laughs) treat whatever as woman. Because I think Mm. that makes the world of a difference, and not just for women, Mm. for people in general. If you value people as human. And if you let love lead you, that will I think that will change everything.
0: No, for real. And I think, firstly, before that, I think even comes understanding God's heart for people. Mm. Because I think once you understand that, it's like, how can I not love my neighbor, like, who God loves this much that he sent his son, but, like, he sent himself mm. to mm-hmm. die for, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, well, guys... That is episode one of season three of the Let Go podcast concluded. Oh, my God. We are so excited. We are so excited. (laughs) Like, you don't understand the excitement that we have. We are so excited. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this was your first episode, it was a deep one. Interact with us on (laughs) socials. DM us your thoughts. Share with your friends. Put it in the group chat. Make a clubhouse room. If you want to make a clubhouse room, we'll be there doing smooth, smooth, kiki.
0: We'll be there. We won't be talking. (laughs) We won't be talking at all. We'll not be
2: moderators. No, but on a real note, thank you guys so much for listening. We've been um, tracking our growth, and we're super excited to see what God's going to do with the Let God podcast Mm. this year and in the years to come. Mm -hmm. As usual, at Let God podcast on every social media. We're almost on everything, I think. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the important ones. our google synonymous form google form yeah is there we've had some interesting what you call it submissions ciao i can't speak english <laughs> interesting submissions which will we we will be addressing this year this year this season oh, with boy, a yeah. couple of friends which we're super excited to reveal to you guys um in a couple of weeks but yes thank you so much for listening have a blessed week guys we love you so much and we'll see you next week Bye. bye, bye. bye.